You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour! Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Gross, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. Welcome to our weekly recap scoop podcast on the theater and music industry news and events of the past week. Today is Friday, May 21st. Um, Lots of things um, hustling and bustling through the music and theater industries, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting. So um, without further ado, let's dive into the week. It's been quite the week. Where are we going first? week. I'm going to start this week and uh, we're going to do our first topic on my spotlight. And today's going to be a little spotlight on a artist, not an album that came out last week. Um, This is actually a submission from one of our listeners, um, Brandon Douglas. Uh, I always love when new um, things are submitted from people. So this is cool. This artist is Malia Sivets and she's kind of had a few things come out. Nothing's really been popular, I would say, in that sense. But she just released a single called Party Out. And um, I think it's fun. It's a bop. And it's for everyone to kind of jam to. Um, And the music video is super fun. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a couple of uh, RuPaul alum in this video. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miss Jackie Cox, Miss Laganja Estranja, and Miss Yuha Hamasaki were all in that video. So it's cool. Um, I guess a little bit, I'll, I'll just go a little bit on a background of her. She's an up-and-coming singer. She's bringing a blend of pop, soul, funk to the modern modern day. And um, she's L.A.-based. She was a theater major. Oh, look at that, theater. And uh, she loves Motown and disco, and I think that's really what's translating into her music. Yeah, I thought that, I think in the article they mentioned Studio 54 Sound for 2020. I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. buzz line for her. Um, I, I was reading up a little bit of her history, She's, you know, singing the national anthem for President Obama, um, being younger, and she was young then, doing that, yeah. as well as being in court, choir, jazz choir, musical theater, theater, um, really involved in all the different arts, studying music um, in high school and beyond. Really, really cool stuff. Also, Talking about her inspiration being Ella Fitzgerald mainly, yes. as well as Earth, Wind, and Fire, Barbara Streisand, some of the people who came before her as her inspiration. It's really refreshing to hear young people talk about that yeah. and mention people from the past um, and how that was their inspiration and their inspiration to sing and sing the way they want to and mm-hmm. create their own sound from people who came before them. Not mimicking them, but understanding what came before and adapting into their own. I like totally. That. I thought that was really cool. That's what I found really inspiring about her kind of story and mm-hmm. her background. I think, you know, there's kind of a few different artists emerging right now into the scene. And what I think that's kind of like different about her, she's going back to like a lot of the big roots from the seventies, eighties and mm-hmm. even nineties. And she's bringing that to today. And mm-hmm. she's so trained vocally and in theater and she's blending that now into pop and i was inspired by this because this is kind of like what our base is here taking theater taking pop mashing them together putting it out there and i think she's putting out a really great product around her sound and her music and you know i'm really excited to see she she had a quote in that article that i had shared with you and i'll share with all of you too that um she thinks that all of the places that she has lived are is a piece uh, that enters into her music. Or she says, a piece of them is in all of my music. Mm, mm. And I was like, that's kind of inspiring. You know, that's... We we take that for granted, I think, sometimes. Like, oh, the culture around you, the buildings around you, the 
the businesses around you, your family, your friends, whoever you're around, that could totally translate into your, your music. And she's putting that into her music. So I, I definitely suggest like everyone check out Malia Savets. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you have any other comments on I her. Ju- I think she's fun. She's exciting. Um, I like, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her, hearing more from her. I think when we, we have these interviews, it really allows us to learn more about them. Yeah. It's great that we can learn about artists, not just through their music, even though, of course, their music speaks for itself, but to get to know their background a little bit and their history and to kind of... Um, understand where they've come from, I think is important for everyone. So we can understand a little bit more about them as a person too. And right. I really appreciate that. So yeah, she's really fun. Yeah. I always like finding some of those articles, you know, and that's an article that I'll share with everyone too, just so that mm. they can see and learn a little bit more about her. She's new. She's fun. She's fresh. Um, she has so much to offer mm-hmm. in this space and it's uh, fun, like a, a nice little bop music. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be on my summer playlist. Yeah, Summer playlist. I know. Summer's almost here and it's grow a lot of, playlist music as the world is opening We're up so again. ready for it yeah exactly <laughs> wonderful all right cool well transitioning over to a theater topic here um so this we uh, as a lot of you may know um pose is a television show that um is in its third and final season every sunday evening we've been getting a new episode mm-hmm. this past um week we you know a lot of theater people know billy porter is involved in pose and uh, is one of the main characters um and is Iconic in the in the theater space as well as in the TV space, um, he plays a character who had to um, basically go in this past episode go home to his family and go home to his mom and talk about him. You know, not not only being a gay man, but being a gay man living with HIV at the right. time in the early '90s when the TV show was set. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after that episode, I, I remember watching that and saying to you, "Oh, that was really moving. That was really must have been so difficult for him to portray that character going home to a." maybe more conservative family, a religious family, mm-hmm. um, and having to discuss that. And so then the news came out later on after that episode aired this week that Billy Porter himself, the actor, um, opened up about his HIV status yeah. and has been um, talking about that, having you know being HIV positive for 14 years, which is a really long time. And his quote saying, there's no more stigma, let's be done with that. And I think that that's a really important thing um, for him to be an artist, mm-hmm. to be a theater artist, to be an openly gay, black man living with HIV. I mean, those are all really difficult things in history we've learned. And then to be living in the modern day with that, I'm so, so proud of him for coming forward and speaking so openly about that. The article was talking a lot about how he didn't tell his mother until very recently. And he told his mother while filming that Pose episode that I was just talking about. Um, And he credits Kinky Boots and his work on Pose as helping him deal with that, using his art to express that. Um, and he's been talking a lot about it this week, giving a lot of interviews, being really open. His Pose family, his theater and musical theater family has been really open to that. His mother was being able to tell his mother he was really, he's, he said that his mother was so understanding of mm-hmm. that and open and honest and said he she loves him. And I just think that that's really, really important. Maybe this is not necessarily a theater-specific thing we're talking about right now but this is involving theater because the theater industry and the theater community and the music community has been affected by this and and a lot of people realize now you know the um the aids and hiv aids epidemic was so huge especially in the music and theater scene and and then we forget is it it's not gone there's Mm -hmm. no cure for this but it is it is more 
controlled, I would say now, and treatable now than it was 30 and 40 years ago. And so for someone to bravely come forward like this is still a big deal. Um, it's not something that people still feel comfortable talking about and doing. And for him to come very public like that yeah. is important. So I thought that was think, important to bring up today. I'm very proud of him. I think that's a really amazing thing that he was able to speak about. I totally think it relates to theater in a way because he he specifically says his roles in Kinky Boots, where he gets to tell his father every single night in the eight shows that he does, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gay and I'm out and I'm this. And then also being imposed where he has to have this conversation with his mother, no spoilers, but about his HIV status, his HIV status is very similar to something that he had to do with his mother that he had not done. Mm -hmm. And now he, he was able to do it because of that show, you know, he was almost living through his characters in a way because his characters are him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think it totally translates into theater and the music scene because it's brave. And there has always been such a big stigma around people and their HIV status. Like if you're HIV, um, people would be like, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. Or, oh, I'm, I'm just going to move on from that. And like that stigma can leave. That stigma yeah. can start mm-hmm. going away. People need to be a little bit more uh, aware of it and say, okay, we're, we're moving on from this. And I can only imagine, you know, if you're, you're young and you want to go into theater, that's a hard conversation to have with parents, right? right. If that's a struggle in and of itself. Oh, I'm also um, young. I do theater and um, I'm an actor and I'm openly gay. Okay. Another hard conversation some people have with parents and family. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, oh, HIV positive. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of layers to that. And right. for him to be able to just completely be opening up. This wasn't like, a oh, he told select family and friends. No, this was like, I'm telling the world. Yeah. And I think that specific quote, there is no more stigma. Let's be done with that. I mean, for him to have been living with this for 14 years and using this time with kinky boots and then with pose. I mean, I'm just, I'm very proud of him. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing for him to feel comfortable enough to talk about that. And I pray that he is healthy and that he is well, and that we will see him in many, many yeah. more shows. And, um, musicals and plays and shows for a long time because he's he's really totally and it's such a great role model for the future and i mentioned and a role model because he's i mentioned this last week he's playing the non-binary godmother in the cinderella coming to amazon in september yeah so i was like that's cool too that he's got a lot of work ahead of him and he's going to be playing these wonderful roles so really really cool stuff there thank you billy porter for being a wonderful role model and i love that you brought that up Mm, yeah yeah. it's so important Mm -hmm. so Back over, this kind of is going to teeter on, uh, the next topic is going to teeter on both of our worlds, actually, because mm. I found this to be quite interesting. Zoom is going to be launching a dedicated events platform called On Zoom. I think what they've realized now is that um, so many people are using the Zoom platform for these virtual style events that... Why is everything... Like, why do we have to go to Eventbrite and have the ticketing there and, ha- and then use another service to monitor and then... And then the thing actually happens on Zoom. So now they're creating this platform where people are going to be able to do it all in one spot, which I know we're going to have many different feelings on this, Mm. definitely, because we're still talking about the virtual world, but it's kind of quite interesting um, because I'll just read this to you that Zoom will enable people to create multi-session events with virtual lobbies for networking and include ticketing and registration Um, While much of the focus here is on corporate events, there's definitely going to be potential for music, and I'm sure that will also be for theater. So what 
what do you kind of think about this? Because I already have some ideas on what people are probably going to try to start doing in this sense, especially in the music festival space, where you can go into multiple different rooms and have an artist here and you could be watching that live performance. And I don't know if that means like, oh, could is there a live performance actually going on somewhere that people are at? And they're also making this on Zoom as well. You know, I'm just kind of curious, like, and then for theater, like, if there's a show going on in New York City, or if there's a show premiering in another state, could they make a virtual ticketed event on Zoom, too, that people can go and actually view this this piece of work, you know? It, I'm very mixed and torn on a lot of it, because I feel like the word hybrid is the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And people, we were doing, students are doing hybrid learning right now all over the world, and hybrid, hybrid, hybrid is a really important word that comes to mind. So pre-pandemic, it was like very little was happening virtually. Yeah. There was things happening virtually, but very little. And then pandemic came and it was like only virtual. So we went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So t- in order for me to understand like this on Zoom thing, I think it makes complete sense in a way after we've returned <laughs> some live performances. Yeah. Let the world kind of go to a theater, go to a regular concert, relive that again, breathe and remember what that's like to buy a ticket and show up and go and enjoy some live music or some live theater. And then we can talk about this. Yeah, oh, there's some virtual stuff. There's some in-person stuff. I can go to both in a healthy way. Maybe one's cheaper than the other. Maybe... I, but I think there's a way to kind of balance that, like like the whole thing, oh, some states are not going to have snow days anymore because when it snows, you learn virtually, mm-hmm. the kids learn virtually, and then you're back in person. I think that there's this wonderful, healthy balance. If I was speaking personally, I wouldn't want to touch a Zoom concert with a 10-foot pole <laughs> right now because I'm just done yeah, with that, that right now. And I'm not saying anything against it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe like 2022, great. And Zoom, good for you for putting your... Um, thinking caps on and figuring this out now. I personally, this is my personal opinion, I can't see many people jumping on this right now. I can't even see people jumping on this in the next like two to three months. Come the fall, come the winter, come when we're back to in person and we're seeing what prices are of things, we're seeing what's safely being done, then I'm all for this. But to read that, I was like, oi, like, <laughs> oh Lord, I... I can't even think of getting on Zoom anymore for a million things, let alone, oh, let me like just like be at a festival concert now, which all I want to do is be back in those things live. Does that make sense? I, I hear you. Yeah, like that's where I, I hear am with you, that. but I also think that this is a time that people are going to try to start capitalizing on virtual events. Sure. Because if you have a place, like think about a music festival like Coachella. We live in New York. What are the odds of us ever going to California and mm. actually going to this music festival? But there may be a virtual hybrid version of it for you to go to it. Many people are still going to go to Coachella. But also, they might be able to sell more tickets now to this music event where you could see people like Beyonce or Taylor Swift or Dua Lipa perform. And you didn't have to fly across the country and you didn't have to... Well, it depends on price. Is it... $500 $500 to go to Coachella, but $5 to go on Zoom. I mean, you know, no, I'm, being, they're still I'm gonna, over-exaggerating They're still going to make prices, it a competitive but, price, I believe. Right. But it's like so, the same thing like, okay, someone who lives in the Midwest, never coming to New York, yeah. never going to see a Broadway yeah. show. Yeah, right now they're selling the rights to these big streaming companies right. to put right. these shows out there. But could they actually come up with a cheaper way to just live stream their show mm. on Zoom? 
come in, have the full virtual experience, yeah. and then see the show. I'm talking about for the people that are never going to come here. Yeah. You yeah. know, and obviously when they do come here, they're going to see a show. They're not going to do something else. They're going to want to be in person. Right. So that's why it'll just be interesting I. to see the hybrid model of that. Like when we talk about some of these shows coming to streaming, like, oh, they're, they're taping some shows. Like we've talked about this with Diana, the musical yeah. or come from away. They're going to tape them. They're going to put them out. It'll be really interesting to see how live in-person ticket sales for eight shows a week go for those shows after the world has seen them on Netflix. Come for Away is a little different. A lot of people have already seen Come for Away. No I think one, it's not a lot of people have seen Diana. The, so. real, the real thing is going to be Diana. Yeah. Because that is going on to streaming before it is going in person. Yeah. And, to and me, I think I, you and I already are like, hmm. New shows are risky to begin sure. with. Sure. So, like, I have to spend my money to go see a show that may be bad. Or I have I'm already paid for a streaming service and I can watch or it. Or you could watch it and love it and want to go see it in person. Yeah. You could watch it and the reviews are mixed. But then there's also like this is not like um Mary Joe the musical. This is Diana the musical. This is about a very famous person and a very famous family, which the world is still infatuated with that family. Yeah. So there's maybe a risk in the sense of, oh well, Maybe it doesn't matter what the reviews are because this is still a hot topic that people really love no matter what it is. It's they, like The Crown and Meghan Markle and all these things that people love. You know I what mean, I'm let's saying? be for real. Diana might actually do better because of this. Right. But we'll never know well, we'll because know. it never opened. Right. Well, it was just starting previews maybe, I think. Maybe yeah. three. Yeah. So. so interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm all <laughs> for it. Hybrid is the key word to me that comes to mind because I think we need to be living in a world of both. I think we need to have safe, awesome virtual options and really cool, awesome, safe in-person options. So when we went from like 100% in-person, 100% virtual, now we're starting to come back. Let's find that balance. Yeah. That's what I'm saying with that. You know? Yes, I hear you. Cool. And <laughs> in terms of changing with the times and getting back into more in-person things um as we know the of the new york theater scene and many theater scenes are returning in the fall yes so that kind of leaves huge summer you know a lot you know as a lot of people may not know um a lot of theater if you're not on a current show especially for a broadway person maybe you're an a-list or a b-list broadway person too you may not be in a show that season and you're getting booked out at summer stock mm-hmm. um even ensemble actors or people right out of college a lot of people will be like leaving the city for three months and they'll go to um, Pittsburgh CLO, they'll go to Algonquin Playhouse, they'll go to the Muni, they'll go to these big theaters, and they'll do wonderful, huge, amazing productions out at Summerstock Theaters in America, right? Okay. So now we're entering summer, which is right before the fall, we're like, okay, that kind of puts those producers in an interesting sp- space. Like, okay, we're going to return to a lot of in-person things in venues in the fall, but what does that do for us in the summer? Because a lot of things were canceled last summer. So um, the articles I've been reading talk about Pittsburgh CLO, where I spent a summer in 2012, um, assistant directing many of the shows out there, which was really, really fun. It's a huge theater out there in Pittsburgh. Um, they're going to be doing their uh, two shows outdoors in Heinz Fields. Okay. Um, they're going to be doing The Wizard of Oz, and then they're going to do a Broadway musical celebration <laughs> review show. Um, and their season they were originally going to do is moved to 2022. So they're doing something. Ogonquit Playhouse is building a 25,700 square foot pavilion, which is three times the size of their indoor theater. Wow. Um, out on their lawn. Uh, in Algonquin. They're doing Spamalot, Escape to Margaritaville, Mystic Pizza, the musical yeah, premiere. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and Young Frankenstein. So quite the mix of shows there. But they're doing, they're so different, right? Pittsburgh is just going to do these two shows and hold their season. Right. Algonquin's going to try to do their whole season outdoors. So it leads me, and then the Muni, as a lot of people know, the Muni is an outdoor theater already. So people go see that in St. Louis. They go see outdoor theater. So I think the interesting thing to ask you with this is, 
you know, this is wonderful that theater is able to perform to, to return this way, but how challenging must this be? Are they going to hopefully make great ticket sales because more people will feel comfortable going to something outdoors in warm weather? Sure. Um, but then my, my question is like, what happens to these outdoor spaces or these outdoor space ideas next year? Do we just go back to in-person or does the hybrid word come to mind again? And they say, oh, well, for Algonquin, if you've invested all this money into this huge pavilion, now what's stopping you from doing a show indoors at the same time as doing a show outdoors or 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 one show in, one show out, or, or we're going to run this show for two weeks indoors right. and then two weeks outdoors, and then giving people an option, hybrid, of saying, you know what, I still only want to go see shows outdoors, do two shows outdoors, or I, I'd like to be back in a real theater again, let's do... So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are that, because I mean, they you're seeing have, the hybrid. They can have both that. options. It's like, I have never been to Algonquin Playhouse. Mm. I think we were going to go. We were going to go a couple years ago before, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but... I, I think it's interesting because, one, how many people are actually up there in the summer? A lot. You know? Yeah. So could they run two shows at the same time? Or it do they just become, like, do people love the outdoor theater so much the inside mm-hmm. maybe becomes a concert hall for shows? Or the outdoor becomes a concert. I, I think they're, they're, they're looking at this and it's like, Maybe it's something they always wanted to do, and they just never did it. Well, sure. And now you maybe know? there was some funding or some right. grants or whatever to get them to keep going, because we obviously want these theaters to return. Don't forget also Algonquin Playhouse, Pittsburgh Cielo, and even the Muni in areas of the country where it gets very cold and snowy in the wintertime. Right. So these are things that they can, you know, these these theaters thrive off making money and putting shows on for three or four months of the year. Yeah. So they, you know, what, what are the options when um, we, you know, it's not something like, California or Florida, where you could have an outdoor space open year round, like Disney World has outdoor spaces where they do their shows outdoors right. all year round, things like that. Right. right? And Algonquin is clearly a big summer town. So yeah. I'm sure many people yeah. are traveling up there at that time. And maybe they're thinking, oh, we could have two shows going. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we could do five shows. Maybe there's just one show that runs outdoors mm-hmm, all summer, mm-hmm. and then we move our shows indoors yeah. next year. I think there's options. It'll be interesting to see. I, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works this summer. And I, I just read these articles this week that were really coming out a lot about Pittsburgh CLO moving outdoors this summer. Ogonqua Playhouse, Muni doing, I think they're doing almost their whole full season. They're, they're doing a one or two less shows, I think, but they're they're all outdoor. So okay. people will feel comfortable hopefully being outdoors. That'll be great. That's great. And also there was a the cute little ode that they said in there that their first show at Pittsburgh was Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, so it's like and coming full circle. And of course, circle. listen, they want to do a Broadway musical <laughs> celebration because they want to honor so many wonderful shows. Maybe that's more for adults. And then Wizard of Oz, of course, family-friendly. Get the grandparents together with the grandkids, the just aunts, the something. uncles. Do something fun. We can all unite you know, and enjoy a classic, you know? They're just doing Things something, like which is great. And maybe we'll be back on here in a few weeks talking about what we hear about <laughs> Mystic Pizza, the musical. Because I can't wait to hear about that. You know? Hey, you know what? Was that bubbling bubbling under before the pandemic? Yes, I think they were going to do that last year, I think. I think that was always something, and now they're going to still put it in. I thought so. Um, So, hey, maybe Julia Roberts will pop by and and check it out. We'll see. Anyway, wrapping up here, fun fact time. What do we got? Fun facts. All right. I know we brought up Miss Olivia Rodrigo last week when we were talking about the Brit Awards, but... Her album drops today, so we may be talking about that again next week as we fully listen to it and dive into it, but just wanted to say, fun fact, her album drops today. She released a promo single last uh, week, Good For You, with a music video, super fun, super ode to Miss Paramore, Um, and another fun fact, she performed on SNL. Mm, yeah, that was a great and performance. The, the performance mm-hmm. was great. I'm loving her voice and her performances. She so keep, good. She keeps... Um, 
she keeps releasing things on Fridays when it just so happens that Disney Plus also releases her in D- Disney's High School Musical, the musical, the series. Well, so, but, all, uh, but all music releases on Fridays. Just so well, you know. yes. And so her show, she's in this show on Disney Plus, which we were watching season one last year. Now we're into season two now. But she did release her album around the same time that True. this show. True. So she's interesting. I'm curious um, to see where she yes, is. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about this album. Yeah. You know. Um... Fun fact of mine, Dear Evan Hansen trailer has come out. Um, Ben Platt's going to be in that. There's a lot of buzz about that. And like, oh, he's a little older. Oh, is he wearing a wig? You oh, mean, la, 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 you la, mean la. the wig trailer came out? Yeah, but I will tell you something. You know, I did some little bit of homework, okay? And I want everyone to listen uh, as we wrapping up these last few minutes here. Number one, he's 27 years old. Yeah. I would like to tell you something that I found out. Everyone remember that movie Grease? Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's about high school kids, right? Um, John Travolta was 24 years old when he did that film, and Olivia Newton-John was 30 years old when she did that film. So let's remember that this has happened. It does happen where 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds play high schoolers. I Listen, I think he's really talented. I'm sure he's going to do wonderful in the film. But for people to immediately go after, I mean, he's not 50, you know, I think he'll do a nice job. The he's going to do a nice great. job. There's a reason why they put him in there again. He's that role. That is yeah. his role. Yeah. He's been with it from the start. We have, we he have was a great lot of on times Broadway, had won the Tony. Yeah, like he's we've he's, had many times twenty year olds have played high schoolers. I don't know why everyone's automatically so shocked that he's still doing as if he's fifty years old. Yes, maybe he's a little older and a little mature. Maybe they did wig him so he looks younger. I'm not sure. There's the wig theory that he might be wigged in the show whatever um but there's also <laughs> it looks like julian moore and amy adams so there's gonna be some great performances in it um so, hey listen we'll talk about this yeah, film once when we it see out. it but the trailer but looks cool the trailer so looks the trailer. great yeah. i almost started crying watching yeah beautiful it, so. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so, go blue to the writers who wrote um do you have an handsome musical awesome stuff. go blue yay michigan um and, uh, last um, fun fact here yeah uh, another trailer came out the respect trailer oh came yes out with, yes uh from about Aretha Franklin's life, and Miss J. Hood is playing her, I think, mm, another Academy Award potential. Potential, yeah. She's really looking great. And Audrey McDonald's in it. Yes. I mean, there's some really great per- performances, it looks like. And I believe before Aretha died, she had requested Jennifer Hudson to play her in a yes. movie. So that's kind of nice to see that intention in this trailer. I think that comes out in August. Um, what an iconic performer of our time. So yeah, really I'm sure I'm sure this is going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait to see yeah. it. You know? And then another trailer, lots of trailers this week. You all can check out this weekend. Everybody's Talking About Jamie trailer came out, which was the move, well, there's a musical in in England, and yes. maybe we'll come to Broadway one day. Um, they made a movie out of it, and it's going to come to Amazon Prime Video this fall. It was supposed to come before the pandemic or right around the top start of the pandemic. So it'll be great to see that coming. So we have some, between In the Heights, Dear Evan Hansen, everybody's talking about Jamie and West Side Story. We have four huge musical movies. And some are in there, Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Boom, that's coming. We haven't heard yet, but we know Lynn Manuel worked on that, and uh, that's coming to Netflix. So, if you all like your movie musicals with Broadway opening at the same time, we're gonna have tons to talk about this fall. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. A that. reason why we do talk about the um, trailers are because these are what our big spotlight episodes will be on when um, they, yeah. they launch. So, so check so out the knows. trailers and comment. We're gonna post yeah. this, you know, comment. Oh, I love the trailer. I agree with you. I disagree with you. Let us know. We'll, we'll obviously talk about these. Tell more us what the you're films. excited for. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm so excited for Everybody Loves Jamie. I just think it's 
it, it looks great. The music is fun. Mm. And Bianca Del Rio was in it in uh, over in the West End. I just I hope it comes to Broadway. I think there was talks of it coming. There to was, Broadway. and we'll have to see what theaters are. How the, I think everyone's yeah. just trying to get the shows open now before the new things come. Maybe next spring, newer things will come. We'll see with yeah, Tonys we'll and all that. So we'll see. Many things. Uh, oh, it is here time. We go. Ding dong, chime time. So um, it is time to get five minutes of places <laughs> here, so we have dong. to wrap up here. Um, we thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music. Click that subscribe button and leave us a review, please. please. If you love what you've heard today, we want you to also join in on our conversation and engage with us. So head over to our Instagram at two worlds and that's at t w o w o r l d s e n t and comment on this latest post about this podcast episode we'd love to hear from you yes please if you have things you'd love to hear us talk about trailers for things new singers new artists articles new shows that's why we're here giving you the latest scoop the scoop so um we hope you had fun today this was great thank you so much yes it's a fun one yeah until next time i'm richie and i'm jeff signing off for now ta-ta bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.